It is Blake's Takes for God's Sakes, a Wednesday podcast. Every Wednesday, this is a podcast and will continue to be a podcast. Uh, This week, we have a very special guest, my new friend, Brian. Now, uh, spelt B-R-I-A-N, not spelt with a Y. We don't have time for that here. We don't have time for that Y nonsense, you know, bringing in. I would never bring in an animal like that, a Brian who spells his name with a Y. Can you imagine? And by the way, this is this is uh, either a true story or it's not a true story. But um, I was talking to someone once, and they were just a true pig of a human being, just an animal, just saying just horrible, th- terrible pranks on babies that they would pull. And I says, "What is your name, sir?" And the guy goes, "My name's Brian." And I said, "How do you spell it?" And he goes, "B R Y A N." And I said, "There you have it. There we have it." And what we have this week is a great show, but first, oh, but first, I, before I get to my, our great show, this is a show, this is a lot like um, REI, in that you all own a part of this company. Now, is that how REI works? I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I do know that there's no I in team, but there is one in REI, and that's something that we will uh, get into on a later episode. That is, that's three hours worth of material right there. People are like, is it hard coming up with content? It could not be easier. <laughs> anyway, um, big announcement this week. Uh, I am recording, I'm not even just recording, I would say filming as a visual medium. My first ever one hour stand-up comedy special i'm doing it november 18th at 8 p.m at the great theater 99 in charleston south carolina and uh it's gonna be biggest show of my career i've been uh, i first did stand up 16 years ago and this is a thing that you know you put on your bucket list and it's not even just a career bucket list because stand-up is like so fun and just as a thing means so much to me so to be able to have something out there that's like an hour visual representation of what I do and what I've been doing for over half my life is uh it's hard to come up with words to describe how meaningful that is to me so if you're in the Charleston area whether that's Charleston South Carolina columbia south carolina charlotte north carolina or even san francisco california it's not a difficult flight it is but head on down head on down to charleston and uh and go to that show see me uh see all the cameras i have set up come for the cameras the um, come for the number of cameras i'll be using stay for my comedy and i think if there's a if there's a better way of promoting this thing I don't know what is. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, teamed up with my friend Jeremy Essig, um, who will be uh, executive producing, co-executive producing, directing this darn thing. So, um, yeah, super psyched. Link in my bio, James Lincoln. Thought, nope, it's Abraham. Here's a weird thing. How was Abraham Lincoln's name not James or John, right? Because all the presidents, but Abraham... Though that was certainly a name of that era, not so much as like a James or a John or I guess we have we had another George president. George McKin, who is McKinley, William McKinley. William, hold on, Woodrow William, William McKinley. Interesting. It's not interesting at all. All right. Anyway, um, very excited about this episode. Again, stand-up comp, my first one-hour stand-up comedy special being recorded in Charleston, South Carolina. I, I could have kept doing that cadence. Bum, 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 bum. But I already did it once, and it was getting annoying then. So I am going to just say it normally. Uh, my first one-hour stand-up comedy special recording, November 18th, 8 p.m., Charleston, South Carolina. If you can make it, be there. Uh, that's a theater uh, my sister um, has uh, been a part of for quite some time. It's an amazing theater there. Great people run it. And uh, I couldn't be happier or luckier um, to be recording it there. So that's that. 
And uh, let's get into my conversation with um with site with with my friend Biker Brian. Now I was gonna call him Biker Brian um, because we biked the Eagles Autism Challenge together. And by the way, I believe so. If if you missed that episode, the Eagles Autism Challenge is something that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, do each year, and it raises money for um autism research. And uh, this year, I believe as a whole, and it's like a, a typical charity thing. Well, it's not, it's atypical in that it's a really special thing where the uh, the players showed up at like 7 a.m. to greet the bikers. And there was a 50-mile bike, a 30-mile bike, which is what I did, a 10-mile bike, which is what other people did. And then there was a 4K, a 5K. There was a 5K and then a walk. Um, and uh, as a whole... They raised, I think, two point five million million dollars. Do you have any idea how hard it was for me not to do a Doctor Evil impression there? Because it was nigh impossible. Nine times out of ten, you're getting a million dollars out of me, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Just I can't stop referencing that movie from so long ago. Um, but I think they raised almost two and a half million dollars. Um, and thanks to you all, I believe I raised like. $1,300, like $1,300, which I guess now that I said that after $2.5 million does not sound like that much. However, uh, that's a lot of money, and that's all because of you. I know a lot of podcast listeners donated, so I uh, I can't thank you enough. So sweet. Like, seriously, it's, you know, it's uh, obviously money has been tight for people over the past two years and, and then some. And the fact that you uh, – generous donations too, like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, like it's – it's uh yeah i'm flattered anyway i know a lot of people who listen to this uh donated and some donated uh, a lot of money so yeah could could not since i'm very rarely sincere on this thing and um sincerely thank you all so this was a thing that brian uh, biker brian and i did now i want to call him biker brian because it's alliterative however that sounds like we ride motorcycles together and to be honest i would probably be riding on the back of his motorcycle because i would be too afraid <laughs> I would be too afraid to drive it myself. Um, but anyway, uh, not a motorcycle. Cyclist Brian, which does not have the same ring to it. Um, but it'll it'll work just fine. So anyway, uh, I don't have a lot of guests on this podcast um, because I, uh, I I prefer I find listen in my in my inner circle I refer to guests as anchors. You know because they tie me down. I need to be unleashed like a like a free ship, and that's where the analogy loses steam much like the lusitania did when it was sunk by a german u-boat and started world war one <laughs> so anyway a lot of giggling here but um every guest i've had on this show uh i uh, have an affection for um brian's a great guy he starts the uh we start the conversation off by uh kind of uh knowing how you know what how here's well, i'm gonna finish that sentence i was about to say we start the conversation off by kind of knowing how you know us and then uh, what i was going to say is we start the conversation off by telling you how we know each other there you go um and uh yeah it's funny it's it's funny to get a new friend at this age but uh, i'm glad i'm glad i got him glad i got him as a friend glad i got him as a guest um he starts uh telling this is the topic that we we're talking about uh pettiness and being unnecessarily competitive and I chose that topic because I think it's very one of the funniest things in the entire world to me is having an adult acting in a very immature way, you know, is having someone who otherwise really has their stuff together behaving in a way that is so childish where it's like, how does this happen? How can you be so professional and so together in so many aspects of your life and then do things like what we were what we talk about that we've done? Um so yeah, Brian starts it off by uh, telling a story that he raced a man um, that had no idea he was racing him just because he was competitive. Saw a random stranger on the beach and decided to um, decided to race him or run faster than him. And um, then the, uh, the conversation's off and running, uh, just like he ran after that stranger. Wow, God, I'm good. So anyway, uh, this is a conversation. I tell some stories uh, of my own, and uh, I thought this was a, a fun, a fun chitty chitty chat chat. Is that trademarked? Because it is now. Um, anyway, November 18th, Charleston, South Carolina, 8 p.m., Theater 99. Ticket link in this episode. Um, and that's it. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Cyclist Brian. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. 
All right, everybody, as promised, we are back, and uh, we were going to be back. I, I, I never break a promise, and we are back. So I am here with my um, my new friend, Brian, and it is a funny thing. Uh, Brian, first of all, thank you for being here, and second of all, I don't know if you have a thing in your life, but my fiance and I, I found that like when you're in a relationship for X a period of time, uh, any like new behavior whatsoever makes them be like, all right, what is what is hat? What, what? Why are you doing something new? And I'm like talking to Julia by fiance, like, oh yeah, my new friend Brian's gonna be in the podcast, and she's like, why do you have a new friend? You're 32 years old. <laughs> like, why? You think you do friends, but you know what? I'm so glad about Blake is that you finally listen to your audience of wanting to bring me on. Mm -hmm. I mean, like how how often, how many letters and emails did you have to answer? And just like, all right, finally, like I'll I'll just bring him on. And I'm really glad you finally listened to him. I am too. And I had to rent out and I'll uh, bill you for this, but I had to rent out a pickup truck to drop off all the snail mail that was mailed to me uh, requesting your presence. It's a little slower, but it does get there. It does. It does get there. And it, I honestly think it conveys a stronger message. Like, I think someone if you're ready to take pen to parchment to request uh, cyclist Brian on the podcast, then by all means, I think by all means, you got to be on. Yeah, it's serious. I mean, there's no messing around right there. Absolutely I, I've not. never been. I have not been on a podcast like this. I, I don't know that I've ever been on a podcast before. So I appreciate the invite. I even I didn't even know how it worked. So when you said you're sending me a Zoom link, I'm used to Zoom meetings and all these things mm-hmm. of being on video. I did my hair for this. You know, I put on a new shirt as opposed to my pajamas. I was like, I'm going to get ready for this. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I freaking out about getting making my hair look good when I found out this audio? So, uh, you know, I'm all, uh, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. No, you're doing great. First of all, I put on a new shirt because it's a shirt that you gave me. So that's why I put on this shirt. And again, no one can see it. It's just for you. And then also, I no need to be nervous. And when you said I'd never done a podcast like this at first, it's like, I don't think there is a pot. There should not be a podcast like this. So my show in particular, there aren't many like it probably for a reason. And no need to be nervous. You'll be great. Like I get nervous for for instance as much as i speak re like being serious i get a little nervous where i could do a show in front of a thousand people stand up not be nervous at all speak have to speak about a serious subject not even serious just a subject that's not funny in a room full of four people and i'll like start sweating it's very very weird so yeah i thought i was immune to the public speaking thing but i guess not yeah you know um you know the public speaking thing too like I, I tried all those tricks. Pic- picture people in their underwear. Like right. they're just nervous. Of, try and picture you're just talking to them all one on one. You're just talking to 500 all at the same time. Yeah. Like there's so many things. I know you have millions of people listening to each of these episodes. Correct. I'm just trying to block that out. Right. I'm just yeah. trying to stay focused on this conversation with you, me, having fun and uh, not worrying about how many actually people there are that. Oh no, I'm I'm getting like freaked out already. No, no, no. It's uh, you're doing great. It's just you, me, and that seventy-five dollar haircut that you got just for this podcast. That is audio. So you're doing you're doing terrific. Um, we uh, so a little background. Brian and I um were coworkers uh, and have been coworkers, but we also really bonded where we did the Eagles Autism Challenge together. We were biking for thirty miles, so we already got along. And there's uh, no probably more intense way of bonding than uh, biking thirty miles at seven o'clock in the morning around the city of philadelphia together so um yeah dodging cars and people i mean it was work i mean we we had a blast though i mean Mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun and um i've never done a ton of biking you you obviously do biking obviously and so yeah i mean clearly how fit you are i mean (laughs) i I had to like kind of climb over that mental hurdle. Right. Mm-hmm. And I figured, you know what, I can coast, I, I can pedal a little bit and stop, or, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a race. It's a fundraiser and it's all for the right. good of making money for obviously a very um, important uh, autism research and support programs. So I couldn't be more proud of that. Uh, but man, 30 miles is hard on a bike. I mean, I, it's it was a, it's a lot of fun but man the hills are killer yes you know uh, 
coasting coming down the hills or, or the or, or the fun part but even then they're scary when you're like leaning over those handlebars mm-hmm. and you're like oh my god like how, what if how do i stop so that's the thing actually and by the way you are more professional than you think because that segues perfectly into uh you know and i'm i always stick to my topics you're an avid listener of this podcast but the topics are always uh you know they're always very thematic and uh, again, very, very tight ship that I run here. So the topic this week that I want to talk to you with, where you've told me some very, very funny stories about times that you either got too competitive uh, unnecessarily, and then I'm adding in the theme of like pettiness in general, if anything like that comes up. Because to be too competitive is almost to be petty in a certain way. It's just making much ado about nothing. It doesn't even make sense. So mine yeah, was, yeah, go ahead. And I'm 40 some years old and I have no business beating anybody in anything, right? Like. I just do it to really like try to stay competitive, be healthy. And I like to work out. I like to run. um, But there's like this obsessive compulsiveness, right? Mm -hmm. I have this watch, the the Apple watch that has the Oh, we don't mention brands on here. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) You know, the other watch. Well, I I have rings and if I don't close them, right? Like it drives me insane. Like that, that, the calorie one, the red Mm -hmm. one that's on the outside. I will wear it till the last second of the day if I don't like pass. I'll walk it up and down the steps, right? At the last yeah. minute of the day to make sure that I close that ring. Like there's nothing. And it's just this thing, but like competitiveness, uh, I think it helps drive people to be successful. I think that's like an overall goal of everybody, right? Like that drives you to want to be better and strive to be better. But when I'm at the beach with my family and I decide to go for a run on the beach, right? Yes. And I put on the sneakers. I don't like to really run. If I'm going to run on the beach, I do it when nobody else is out there. And usually early in the morning, I don't embarrass myself. I, I just truck along. I'm not, I'm not winning a marathon or a race. But when I do these races, I do try to identify somebody I can beat. Right? Like there's, there, there's somebody in front. I don't know who they are. Wait, did I don't you, know who you just referred per- to as races where you're, it's not a race. You're just going for, it's this not- is. This is how deep it is in your brain. It's not a race. It's a run. You're going for a run, but it turns into a race. <laughs> oh, it turns into a race at some point. And some poor soul, some really nice person that's probably just out for like a nice run. I have identified as the enemy mm-hmm. that I must overcome because they have upset me so much that I have to beat them. And so I'm at the beach, right? It should be a nice day. Right. I go for a in the afternoon i'm running on the beach and i'm running on the hard sand right like i don't like to push myself if you run in the soft sand it's like running in quicksand like you, uh, you lose your track i can't even walk in it oh i i get down pretty far i turn around and here's the guy i pick him out now this guy mind you is in the soft sand i'm on the hard sand i automatically have an advantage mm-hmm. i'm wearing sneakers he's in bare feet Another major disadvantage for this gentleman who's running in the soft sand. And I pick him out because I am going to overcome him. Mm-hmm. It should have been a layup. A layup. It shouldn't have even made me work that hard. <laughs> he must have seen me at the corner of his eye, I swear, and just picked up his pace. And he must have done the same thing I did. He must identify and say, this guy thinks he's going to beat me? Like, there's no chance. Now I feel that I am in a deadlock heat race with him. <laughs> There's no timing system. There's nobody watching with the stopwatch. It's just me versus him. And now I swear that he's become my moral enemy because he knows and he's like running faster and I'm running faster. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on here? Why am I not even catching up to this guy? Right. right. And now my finish line has become where my wife is sitting in the the shallow water with her beach chair and her book with my in-laws. The most peaceful activity. So she's in one world, the most peaceful thing. And you're in (laughs) the kids and reading a book, sitting in the sand. I'm in this dead heat Olympic race with this guy in the soft sand. And I'm in the hard sand with my sneakers on. And he's picking up his pace and I'm picking up my pace and the finish line is my wife. And I'm like running harder to beat him. And I'm like, I have to beat him by the time I get to my wife's chair, because whether he knows it or not, that is the finish line, right? He now needs to know that. 
Brian, the, the, the phrase, the finish line is my wife, is like the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> your wife in this moment became like tape for all intents yeah. and purposes for no you to run to. She could care less. She <laughs> no. thinks, and this guy, I swear, I am now ru- sprinting, sprinting right. in the middle of the summer sun and heat. And the beach is packed with people, packed with people. Like I'm running at a time I normally don't run. And now I'm racing this guy. I have no idea who he is. And I am sprinting so hard. And I just caught up to him at the finish line. It, I think it was a photo finish. Yes. I, I, I like to think I somehow <laughs> broke the tape before he did. I like to think you did too. <laughs> yeah. And my wife looks back and he goes, what? What is going on? And I'm like, you can't talk. You can't talk. Now I can't breathe. I'm like completely exhausted. There and is- I'm like walking this out on the beach. <laughs> and I get back and she's like, what the heck were you doing? What? What is wrong with you? Why are you completely like just destroyed and out of breath? And I'm like, I had to beat that guy. She was like, was there someone running in the soft sand again? She knows immediately. Was there someone running in the, someone was running in the soft sand, wasn't there? It is, there is also, that's so funny. There is nothing more like, uh, like disconcerting or attention grabbing on a beach than seeing someone sprinting, you know, because they're like, is this guy like a 40 year old lifeguard? Like, what is the situation? What is going on? Because you look young, you're a spry guy, you're in great shape, Brian, but like, you're not like, you're not a lifeguard age. You know, like you don't see lifeguards over no. the age of 19 years old. So. I was never a lifeguard. I, I can barely swim. Yeah. You know, like I'm on the beach. And, and here's the thing, though, Blake. I looked like the fool looking back at it because I'm down by the water in front of everybody. He's on the soft sand up by the dune behind everybody who nobody sees. Right. The only person who sees him is me. Right. So I'm the one that is sprinting and out of breath in the beach in front of hundreds of people. And they all must have been thinking, what is this lunatic doing running in 98 degrees? It's humid and hot in the middle of the day. Who's they must ra- have thought you were running from something. Like they, they were probably looking as much as they were looking at you sprinting. They were looking behind you trying to think what is coming. Yeah. What is, what is behind him? Where should we be running as well? Because this is that look. Uh, I need to remember the color of his shorts and hair and eyes. So I know the police. I can give him an accurate report. The equivalence of a license plate number on that man's face. Um, my, uh, my uncle Joe was a lifeguard in Stone Harbor when he was a kid. And I, w- I think like very early mornings, a, c- a local convent would come down there and the nuns would go swimming in the water at like six, seven a.m. And they would but they would swim in, you know, like, obvi- like obviously you know, their clothing could not be more modest. And they would swim essentially in their habits, basically, like in their robes, which is it's hard enough to swim without like the largest flowy capes you know like on you so he was like it was the busiest part of the day because we would have he would call them nun runs where he would have to go to the water's edge and sh- and save deal. these nuns it really happened it happened yeah never heard of it. <laughs> it was crazy nun runs <laughs> <laughs> all right i have i have one for you too that's very that is a very funny competitor i'm like that like when i'm biking and I always bike around that um, in Philadelphia, the uh, Kelly Drive Trail. And I'm not even competing against anyone else. I'm competing against the watch on my hand where I need, for some reason, need to go above 16 miles per hour, which is not a thing I've read about. It's just a speed that in my mind is quite fast. And no one knows. So I'm biking as if, and these, this is a place for people to walk. You know, like this isn't for whatever the hell goal I'm trying to accomplish. And then when someone's like with their family on those surreys, you know what I mean? Like the, it's like those four wheel things where everybody's pedaling. I'm yeah, like, right. you are so selfish. I'm thinking about this family on the, I'm like, this family is so selfish. This is a path for me to go 16 miles per hour on. And you're enjoying the scene, the scenery with your children. Like this is, this is war. <laughs> Right. This is the battlefield. I'm on two wheels. I, you're on four. Yeah. You should be going much faster with all those wheels you have there. It drives me nuts. Well, there's a hierarchy too, right? Like there's drivers yes. who hate bikers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 
bikers hate runners. Right. And runners are like, who are these walkers? Why are you walking? Maybe you have two feet run. Like, what's wrong with you? Right? Like, it's like this hierarchy down and everybody gets annoyed at everybody. Like, who are the walkers mad at? Like the you like know, puddles. Puddles on the <laughs> ground. Yeah. <laughs> they uh you know, the, the competitiveness does lead to good things it leads to uh crazy things right yeah so yeah the, the good thing is like i just i did do a 5k local mm-hmm. and did my thing it's great I'm running and i i picked out this couple the nice couple i'm sure nothing wrong with them like i don't mm-hmm. know them but i picked them out i was going to beat them and <laughs> i and they kept, I, again, same type of thing. They kept picking up their pace. They must have the same strategy, right? The finish line is coming. I'm going to run a little harder. Well, I, I thought that was unique to me, right? Like, I'm just going to be the one that runs harder than everybody. Right, right. So I'm sprinting and sprinting and sprinting, and they keep the distance. But I did close the gap, and at the last five seconds, I I passed them. Like, the fi- last 15 yards, maybe. I passed right. them. Both. They must have been like, what the? What the hell is that guy like where did he come from is i'm like sprinting past them and i got a really good time like i was like wow i didn't know i could run a 5k that quickly right like i picked picked them out and it hurt hell but they must have been like what is that another maniac running through here trying to beat us we don't even know who this guy is like An- another one is it, it's just you brian it, it's there aren't hordes of people like and and i also really like because you're right like the, comp- the competitive thing is good you know like it can make you like to have a faster time is like you know it means that you're healthier like it's a thing that you can be proud of it's probably good like you know mentally for you but the funniest thing is for the way in which you arrived at that time is so unhealthy in that so the time the difference in time if you had like what lost like a couple seconds wouldn't have mattered the reason why you got that time is because these two people who had no idea what they were being brought into like it just for anyone but you three no one knew about this race that was going on between the three of you they may not have even known it may have just been like one and a half people you know what i mean <laughs> like someone <laughs> i i think i told you this story i mean i can't recall but my wife and I at the time were dating mm-hmm. and we went on this 5Ks down through the race for uh, democracy, the dash for democracy. It was a, mm-hmm. a small 5K downtown, like right around the fountains. Where did democracy, uh, democracy finish during this race? How did democracy do? Did it finish <laughs> in the top 10? <laughs> it... I'm not sure. At the time, it's a timely question. Um, and my, my girlfriend, my wife now, but my girlfriend, mm-hmm. myself, and her ex all running the same race well you know who i had to beat right like, your I girlfriend had to beat my girlfriend and the boyfriend yeah, i had to be both of them right like this became now he's a smaller guy I'm, uh, Wait, you know, Brian, I'm, real quick real quick just to set this up so did you know so you and your wife were running it was her ex coincidentally running it or did you guys take the same car <laughs> We all drove together. Yeah, that's sweet. There's something wrong with that. I mean, is that weird or anything? No, I think it's no, I think it's healthy. No, we, he like I think I can't recall if I knew he was going to be there or not. To be okay. quite honest, but, you know, we were at the at the starting line and mm-hmm. it kind of caught my attention. And I'm thinking I'm going to beat him. Like I got to beat him. Yeah. Like I'm I'm the new you know boyfriend. I I got to beat him. And he's smaller and he's faster. And I ran my ass off. I ran so hard, right? And now my my girl, my girlfriend, my wife didn't even pay attention, right? She's just running her own race. She's not paying. But now in my mind, and maybe in his mind, right? I'm like passing him. He passes me. I'm passing him. And now I feel like it's a race for her love. Like this has become not just competitiveness for timing. Yeah. This is competitiveness for the for the woman right like she'll I, go back she she's going to pick whoever wins the race here like this is what it all comes down to and i i ran <laughs> like i don't know if i had anything left in me and he beat me but <sighs> the moral to the story is i still i mean i'm married to her now so yes. it obviously worked out in my but because you know why i worked out because she didn't care she That's wasn't right attention it wasn't for her for some reason it was, and you know what i don't even know if he knew like or maybe he, he never spoke about it but yeah 
It's, hey man, uh, remember when you lucked out and beat me in that race? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm glad your life has turned out so well. What race are you talking about? Yeah. You just unload like weights from the back of your car and just start like curling them at the finish line. I was like, I'm stronger. <laughs> you might be faster, but I'm stronger. It's like, this guy's sick in his head. Yeah, uh, I can find a way to win. <laughs> oh. I think we were talking about this at one point. I wasn't recording when we were talking about this before, so I'm going to repeat myself. I'm always recording. I'm very uh, uh, Richard Nixon was by far my favorite president. <laughs> um, and uh, a little fun fact about me: I haven't told you that yet either. But um, for me, competition where you come from, like a sports background, and I like love sports. Like I played sports when I was younger, but like it is sports. It's a lot more. It's a lot easier to be competitive in a sports environment because it is competition where a lot of the stuff that I do is inherently uncompetitive. And like with stand-up and comedy, for instance, it's also subjective. You know, like where with sports, there's a score, you know, and unless you're like a figure skater, it's fairly objective what the score is. You know, it's like, oh, this team had 36, this team had 32, the 36 team wins, period. You know, the faster uh, running time wins. I don't have to explain sports to people. They get it. So I was with comedy, I'll get competitive which is doesn't make any sense because comedy is subjective so there is no clear thing you could find like a bunch of people that say oh that's really funny and then you could do the same exact thing and there's as many people saying i don't think that's funny so you kind of are where you are so i've done a thing where if there's someone who is more successful than me that i don't think deserves it and we're doing a show together i will do the best set possible. Like I will break out stuff that I know that works. I'm not going to try anything new. I'm going to break out all my tricks. And I'm like, I'm going to have a better set than this person tonight. They don't know. They have no idea. They might be trying out new material, you know, like they might be doing something. And I should be trying out new material. But in my mind, I'm doing something counterproductive. That's, I think, the funniest thing about being overly competitive. You're doing something counterproductive to ultimately more success in life sometimes for this petty reason in the moment and so i'll go up there and like really just like energy bang it out and you know like i would say eight times out of ten have the better set but those two times when it doesn't work it's like i need to grow up i need to grow up i need to be an adult this isn't this isn't helpful for anyone it's about being self-confident in yourself right like mm -hmm. satisfied and like confident in what you're doing and how you present yourself and you're successful and and you do th great things you should be thank you good enough right like no you should but no like I, I gotta you know um even at work right like i'm, I'm always like i want to be the best mm -hmm. you know and and i i don't want to be just standard or you know good enough i i want to be the best and right. a lot of times that is good because that drives me and drives others to be you know better and mm -hmm. always want to seek improvement but there's also a time where it's just like you drain yourself and now yeah. you're like oh like you know or you don't give yourself enough credit sometimes or or a staff member same type of thing like you've worked really hard for a goal you've achieved it but you're then you're never satisfied right you're mm -hmm. you're never, like and sometimes i think it's okay to pause and say, man, we did some really great things. Like I did, I, I've achieved a lot of great things and, and that's good. That's okay. Uh, how, otherwise, you kill yourself. You know, I agree. How, I think this is interesting. And we don't, we don't have to talk about pettiness the whole time. Like how is, that's the thing I've been trying to actively work on myself of be in the moment. And like, I, I want to ask how you do it in a second. Like how, like, you know, like you bring that thought into your head and like act on it where, for me, I think it's always like I, I got to get like cl it's climbing constantly. It's like there's always, you know, for every amazing show that I have, there is like a Chris Rock, you know, to like strive to. And like, you know, like it's how many Chris Rocks are there? One. You know, how many people like him as successful? Like six. How many comedians are there? Like Oh, or sorry, uh, a million. All right, well, hold on. I'm going to bleep that at 26 minutes. <laughs> I wanted your son to be able to listen. <laughs> that i told you i i you know the eagles autism challenge one you had going i'm like oh this, this i've listened to your podcast i know it is and that's okay that's who you are blake that's oh, i, I want to be you and i was listening to it 
Well, like it's Eagles Autism Challenge. There can't be anything that no. you know, we can curse about in there. And I'm playing at the sink as I'm like getting dinner cleaned up for, for my son. And you <laughs> dropped like you said something. You curse somewhere. And I my know. is that your friend? <laughs> he talks like that. <laughs> like he's eight, right? Like so. Like, I'm like. No, he's not my friend. I don't know who this guy is. Wait, what? No, this guy's an animal. This man belongs on a pirate ship cleaning the decks. Uh, can't be. This guy's got one earring. <laughs> um, yeah. No, uh, what was I saying? Okay, clean, clean. That's so funny. Um, there's only six people that successful is what I was trying to say without swearing. And so you're always striving for the next thing. But I think there is, to your point, such a healthy balance where you should be able to be like. Geez, when I started, see how I switched to geez? Uh, geez, uh, when I started, I like you're disappointing your people though. If you get you clean it up too much, I don't know don't who I'm disappointing. Uh, don't this, worry, I'm never letting him listen to another one of your podcasts. So, like, that this one's gonna be good. This is gonna be good. You're We're gonna clean it up. Don't you worry. My audience is one child. Uh, <laughs> I have an audience of one child. Um, so uh, from one child to another, that should be the name of this podcast. Uh, but like, I've been trying more frequently now to think back 16 years ago when I was like doing open mics and looking at someone hosting at a comedy club and being like, geez, if I, if I could just somehow get paid $25 for a show and do stand up or even get paid no money and do five minutes and so, or something, you know? So I, I've been really trying to actively do that and being separate, to be honest, since I moved back to Philly, that's helped a lot to have perspective where when you're in a one industry town like Los Angeles, everything's constantly reminding you of where you're at and what you could strive to and what could happen to you if you don't get there. You know, like you see the people who, for whatever reason, didn't become successful and that's sad. And then you see the people who are so much more successful or the people like just everything you can't escape work basically when you're there. So you're always working and working and working. And now with here, you know, it's, it, you're not completely, I, I go up to New York all the time. I still have all my friends like in the business stuff. So I hear it all the time, but here I'm able to shut it off in a healthy way, which I, I really appreciate. How do you, when you're when, in standup, I can't, mm -hmm. um, I've always had an interest, right? Like I, I like I, I really enjoy comedy. I like to, I really like to laugh. I like, um, I've, and I've really started to kind of like, I don't, like study is maybe the wrong term. It might be a little strong, but really pay attention to the nuances. Mm -hmm. And what I find so um, intriguing and uh, jealous of is the confidence you have to have to get up and put yourself out there, right? To be a good comedian, you have to be willing to just go to a place where it doesn't matter what the crowd reacts. Like mm -hmm. I, I, it does, but you have to be so confident. You could just get up there and do it. I, it's like a golfer to me. To me, one of the most crazy sports, and that's why Tiger Woods to me stands out from the rest, is mm -hmm. one, he's not playing the same game as everybody else. Let's just be honest. Like with the crowds and the cameras and everything, you know, that, that that's unfair. What he has had following him, and he made that himself. Um, and by unfair, I'm just saying in terms of playing conditions, right? But it's not equal, yeah. Golfers are on an island. They're all by themselves. There is nobody that they can point the finger at. There's there's not eight other players on the field or 11 or 22 or whatever number of people on the team with them. It's them in a moment over eight, over a marathon of four mm -hmm. days playing golf. Like to me, that is just, it's, it's like com com comedy. It's like you're getting up there all by yourself. You have no one else to point the finger at but yourself. I have just such respect because it makes me happy. Like you, your willingness <laughs> right. to do that makes me happy. And I, I always thought that that would be so cool. And I think I'd have to move, you know, to Alaska, to a place where I knew nobody and had any right. chance to ever run into somebody and just do it to see if I could, like, they could do it. Because to me, I'd be stricken, I think, with just, this fear like of, of getting up there I, I don't know how you can do it thank you and I don't know how you do what you do you know like it's just a thing that because I've been doing it so long it's just that's what I do so I know how to do it but um to your point I think the big thing for me where I stopped getting 
like I still get like my heart rate always picks up before I do stand up. Like I never just walk out there like and yawn. You know what I mean? Like I am always like amped and taking it very seriously, but I don't have I rarely get nerves anymore. And I think you it happens because you realize there's always another show. You know, where it's like, oh, tonight didn't go well. Well, like the previous three nights went well. And then tomorrow night out of the two shows, likely over half of them will do well. So I'm still like very ahead, you know, and you want all of them to go well. But I think often when I get not freaked out, but like when I get a little nervous of like, oh, yikes, what happened is when I can't figure out why something didn't work, you know, and if I made a mistake in a way where it's like, oh, why did I make that mistake? I think that sometimes freaks me out. But usually it's because, oh, you haven't been on stage for a little, like, for a while. Or, oh, like, you can forgive yourself. You just made a mistake in this moment. You know, like, either misjudging, like, what type of crowd it was, what type of reference to me. It's just a thing, like, probably nobody would able be able to pinpoint unless, like, a comedian. But, um, yeah, doing shows in front of people you know, to your point of like going to Alaska, that is actually when my heart rate picks up a little bit more because I'm like, I care more because you have to see those people again. Right. You know? Right. And it's also I'm like, oh, like, have they heard this bit before? Maybe I'll do a bit that is something else, but not as good. But it's like ninety-eight percent of the people at that show have never seen me before. So it's like it's just you, there's so many mental gymnastics to do that after a certain point it's like cut it out do the thing you wrote down do it the do it like you know you can and then stop you know i mean people awkward now that you know that i listen to your podcast probably i mean anytime we talk <laughs> it's like you know fine like uh what was the uh the oh I, when I would see you, I would be like, should I say something to him about his podcast or not? Because then he's going to think I'm critiquing his podcast, but I'm not critiquing his podcast. I just want to like, know that I'm, ta- I'm thinking about, I'm listening to his podcast. I'm a listener. Like he <laughs> wants feedback, right? He wants me to tell him that uh, earthquake creates a tsunami or tsunami. Uh, yes. like those a tsunami, things. a comedic wave. <laughs> tsunami. <laughs> no, I'm flattered that you listen. Like I am, I remember you telling me when we were like working on uh, like a project together, I was like, is this good that he's, because I appreciate your opinion. I respect your opinion. You know what I mean? So like, if you were just someone where I was like, I don't care what he thinks about this thing. Um, but now I was like, oh, like, I hope, because it, it's weird. This podcast that I do is weird. Like it's not like when you see me on stage, I don't do, I bring an element of the podcast in, but like, it's a very niche, like if you love it, amazing if you don't understand what it is that you're listening to you're correct <laughs> so but you know not that it's some like genius avant-garde thing it's just like oh yeah like this is a thing that's making me laugh and this is the forum i want to do it in you know so i appreciate that you can find it like funny and like you, you also gave me tips on the difference between like a foyer and something else i believe yeah or, i can't i already let it go i already like just got it out of my mind yeah i mean i haven't stopped thinking about it uh it's <laughs> i've lost sleep so you were talking about uh podcast in the morning you do it at, like super early in the morning well i listen to your podcast super early in the morning when i go for my run right. and the sun was beautiful the sky was beautiful that day and i'm like oh hmm. like i don't know what you're missing man it's so nice out. <laughs> As you're saying, I would never get up that early to do a podcast. I would be, maybe I will, because it is a different vibe, you know? Like, it is, like, I have a friend, Matt, who does a podcast, like, and he does it at, like, 11 o'clock at night, and which is just so, even for me, I'm like, that is so late. Like, that Mm -hmm. is to, even as someone who performs at night, I'm like, oh, I can't, I, I just, it's so late. But it does have a really cool vibe where you're, it's more it's less energetic it's more chill you know you feel like you're having like like it's almost like a sleepover when you were a kid you know like where your voices are a little hush it's just like i don't want to wake up my wife (laughs) you know so this is a different vibe and then in the morning i would imagine it would be more chill as well or in like just like kind of optimistic you're getting up you're getting ready you know like maybe i'll I'll do i'll do a morning one soon you know it's time you know, are there things in your life that change and you realize, oh man, I am getting to be that old man. Like, uh, things you, for you don't think about, right? Like, so for to me, to, to do this podcast, um, I came in the basement and turned off the dehumidifier. Do you have a dehumidifier? I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? 
what, what I'm putting, I'm turning off a dehumidifier. Whoever would have thought, right? Because you said have a safe, a, a, a space that's quiet. And oh, they, thank you. And I'm like, the dehumidifier is making too much noise. I got to go turn that thing off. We got to get rid of this humidity. And yeah, <laughs> like what the heck? Or today, I wore a shirt to work. I thought it was themed right to what I do, and um, it was a a, a football shirt it had footballs on it, mm-hmm. and it was a Johnson and Murphy. Oh shoot, another sponsor. But I I, <laughs> I had it, and it wasn't just like so it was a button down shirt and had little like little footballs on it. And That's stuff. adorable. Like you know what? I'm going to match my socks to this. I have football socks. Why don't I match socks? I got ridiculed all day for having football socks with the football shirt. And and I realized I'm an old fart. Like, what the hell am I doing? Like, what? Like, I'm like a dork. Like, I'm wearing football socks with the football shirt. And people are like, what's wrong with you? Like, you don't realize how old you are right now. Oh, that's so fun. But if you were like 20, like, if you were like, if Drake or like Odell Beckham Jr. wore a football shirt with football socks, everyone would be like, look how cool and yeah. fun that is. Yeah. But I think we look like people who would wear that unironically, which is exactly what you did today. <laughs> and now I'm going to wear it more despite all those people. Exactly. To prove them wrong that I'm cooler than they really think I am. Because, get- I mean, I look good. You, you look at I love that. I, I'm going to go to J and J. I need to get a J. Isn't it J and J? They make a coat. I need to get vaccinated against your outfit <laughs> with one a one shot vaccination. Um, no, I would do that in a second. I mean, we like I'm working on this joke, so I don't want to spoil it. But like you inspired a joke of my I make my own clothes bit that I've been doing. Um and uh i'll send you a clip it's not like completely ready yet but the audience laughed it's just one of those things where i showed up to work in a shirt that i sewed an eagles patch on because i thought it looked really cool Mm -hmm. and then it is very i didn't realize how nerdy it sounds when someone says like oh hey that's a cool shirt where'd you get it and i said oh i made it is because that's the thing during the joke i was telling you this on the phone where as a joke you expect where the laugh lines are and i was so oblivious at how like allegedly embarrassing that is where i was like oh i said oh i made it and the whole audience like 50 strangers go ah it's like oh okay i guess that is Wait, not- i didn't even finish it yet guys i didn't even finish it i didn't really get to the punchline it's it's funny which for a joke is like a great sign you know it's like oh this joke's gonna be a killer but in my real life because it's based off an exact real life story it's like oh this is a behavior i need to figure out (laughs) this is a part of my personality that that needs to be fixed um i'm gonna look into football outfits i think that's a cool thing yeah i mean like it's it's honestly the coolest thing you could be doing (laughs) that's what i was told I'm going to see you at New York Fashion Week next year in, uh, at the Met Gala, just like comp- just dressed as a tennis ball. Like You're going to look like Mr. Met, but as just a furry yellow tennis ball. We, we laughed. My wife steered me wrong one time, and she'll admit it. She, we were living in Texas. It is mm-hmm. hot. Yeah. God awfully hot in Texas at all times. Like It's over 100 degrees. I think our first summer was like 65 days straight over 100 degrees oh my goodness so, hot is hot. so i was like i need like nice dress shirts that are cool so she bought me those ones that have the short sleeves right yes downs with the short sleeves yes yeah. that is a bad look i'm sorry i you know if some people could pull it off with the collar right? pull tucked into your pants right like so you have your belt showing the button down shirt so buttons all the way down with the short sleeves and the and the collar and like this is not a golf shirt, right? Like this is a dress shirt because we wanted to look. And I look back at those pictures and say, "What were you thinking?" And she's like, "I don't know because that looks horrendous." And I'm like, "You're the one that picked these out for me. Like, how can you, how can you admit that it was bad? Like, we lived through this. And and what's worse is it wasn't you. It was me, right? Like, you You're put right. me out there like that. Oh, that's so funny. We. <laughs> the only it is fun because it's not your you know like your wife your fiance your partner's like job to 
honestly it's their job to make fun of it ultimately you know what i mean but when they like if they if they give bad advice it's not really their problem you know or like for some reason so i went i don't like just for my life i don't dress up that much like i almost never wear a suit unless like i do it for fun you neither i could tell (laughs) well you never see me so all right so so when um real quick side story we will uh, I won't keep you all night but we um when I was interning uh after um so my last semester at Emerson College I interned at Comedy Central uh, in Los Angeles for a semester and I came from this I don't know what I was thinking this was 2011 is that correct yes it is so it was 2011 and it was my first day at my internship at like comedy central like the center of comedy you know so i wore a suit to work and to my internship but i didn't realize on the west coast everybody just dresses like total trash all the time like people are wearing like jean shorts and like a ba- like an acdc t-shirt to work and i show up in like a black suit and a black tie and everyone was just like kind of you know, good natured ribbing me, you know, and then like the head of specials and like came up to me and just goes like, just so you know, like, don't wear a suit next time. You're freaking everybody out. (laughs) You're freaking everybody out. It's like, is he, is he catering? Does he work? Is he from the morgue? Like, why is he dressed like this? It was a very odd, like disconcerting outfit. Um, but yeah, no, to your point, like, I wish someone was there to help me with that. And then I wore a tie to a wedding recently, and it was just so short. Like, mm-hmm. I had tied it so short, and I, I just looked like I was, I, I don't know, like like a stage performer from, like, the 1920s, you know? like, like Well, Laurel when you have Hardy. kids, then your kids fill in the gap, too. Like, so if it's, you know, my, my daughter is the, the, the honest barometer, right? Like, yeah. And if I happen to come downstairs and they're like, oh, you look great today. I'm like, oh, whew. like, I know I hit a home run. Like if I pass the wife and the daughter test, I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> Either that or they're tricking you to yeah, make you think. They may be. I'm not going to put it by. <laughs> they may, they may be like, oh, let's see if he actually goes out like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like some sick joke. <laughs> Let's see if we can actually get him into the car and drive to work. Let's just keep it going. And that's how you wound up in a football outfit. (laughs) Brian, this was so much fun, man. Thank thank you so much for doing this. You're you're a great guest. Uh, Please come back. I hope I I paved the path forward for guests of yours. I mean, um, I'm just doing the work for others. And if I can help um do that i'm willing to do that i appreciate you inviting me um and listening to everybody uh uh you know just ask for me to make that appearance and it's it's been a lot of fun i i certainly uh really enjoy uh your podcast and uh our new found friendship because it's been a lot of fun that that means a lot to me uh you are one of the uh best people i've met and uh terrific guy great at great at your job great family member great friend so uh yeah really appreciate it i'm done complimenting you probably for the rest of the time that we know each other so bank these probably got them all out right there i i can think of nothing you're an excellent runner on sand and uh good luck with all your your races that nobody knows that they're a part of Blake, 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 Blake,